But remember that on these social networks, we're just working with borrowed time and on borrowed ground. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey all, welcome to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. I am Molly of Molly Knuth Media and your host here at Small Minded. I love small towns, I love small businesses, and I am so excited to come here weekly to share with you some tips, some tricks, some stories, some really awesome small town folks, and just ways that we can connect as small communities and rural businesses with big dreams. All right. So truthfully, today I did plan to have a guest episode. And so if you listened all the way through last week's episode, you heard me at the end like kind of like tease out that the next episode is going to be great because I have a really awesome guest. And I'm the bearer of bad news to say you just have me today. But (laughs) the guest is going to be next week now. But because of recent events, uh, aka the What the F Facebook title, Um, I felt like I needed to bump the episodes because we needed to talk about the Facebook and Instagram outage that happened on Monday, October 4th, and kind of talk about how to like Facebook proof your business in the future. And it's going to be a Tuesday twofer because, well, we release this on Tuesdays. You might be listening on Saturday or on Friday, but we're calling this a Tuesday twofer because I'm also going to talk about some homecoming traditions and small town stories of homecoming. Uh, because it's fun. So let's begin with what the Facebook, man. Okay. Now, honestly, um, on Monday, I was pretty busy. I had a business coaching client who I met with like 10 o'clock central time. And so we were using Facebook regularly. We were going through insights. We were talking about how to get um, themes and meaning from the numbers that we found there. We were talking about how to plan going forward and like literally nothing was not working that morning. So we were able to go back and forth between Facebook and Instagram, business manager, all the things, and we ran into zero glitches. So then I went to my next meeting, which was a mastermind with a couple of really awesome ladies and past guests on this episode or on this podcast. But we had a mastermind and probably like a half hour to an hour into the mastermind, a couple of us started getting text messages from others asking what was going on over on Facebook. And I honestly didn't even notice because I was so wrapped up in our mastermind meeting and we were having such great conversation that none of us were checking our phone. And so we read those messages. And then one of the girls who was sitting across the table from me, she went to CNN, the person sitting next to me, she went to Reuters and they both were like, yeah, it's confirmed. There's a massive global outage of Facebook Incorporated. Which, if you didn't know, Facebook Inc. owns Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and a variety of other tech-based um, software and websites. So when one goes down, sometimes they all go down. And this isn't the first time it's happened, and it's not going to be the last, you guys. And honestly, like within minutes, in like whenever Facebook goes out, you have to head to Twitter, you guys. It's just like a rule of thumb. Um, I go to Twitter to verify that this happened. 
And then I also check a website called downdetector.com. If you go to Down Detector and you can type in the search bar, whatever app you're using or website, and you can check to see if it's just you having this situation or if it's a larger scale issue. For example, like if Canva goes down or I can't download an, um, an image, a lot of times I'll go to Down Detector, I'll type in Canva, and then I'll be able to see if other people are experiencing the same thing or if it's just like an issue with my internet or something. But that's my typical process. I'll go to Twitter for the memes because uh, usually people can confirm. And when you go to Twitter, use the hashtag Facebook down and it's guaranteed to be funny. Um, but maybe I should share out some of my favorite memes this week over on Small Minded. Yeah, I might do that. Um, the memes were great, but I'll go to Twitter and then I go to Down Detector. And then of course my friends, they're smarter and they went to CNN and Reuters. But regardless, we all figured out that this was a massive global scale Facebook outage. And I didn't get too upset or too concerned because I've been in this game long enough to know that this happens from time to time. And I didn't get too concerned about it. As it went on, and we got to about like hour five, I was starting to think about, okay, what am I going to have to change tomorrow? Which clients will I need to contact to maybe adjust their launch schedule or to reschedule a Facebook video that we had planned? Things like that. Um, but I didn't get overly concerned about like a massive hack or uh, like never getting Facebook back again because Facebook has a lot of security. They have a lot of just interconnected things. And so that can protect it or it can be its own like double-edged sword. And so that was seemed to be the case from Monday's issue was that so much of their security and software was tied together that when one thing went down, they were locked out of other things that were supposed to be corrections, but they ended up getting locked out. So anyway, I don't know the details. I'm not very tech savvy, but here's what I think about how it impacts your business and what you should do in the event when it happens again, not if, because it will happen again. So as a business owner, remember that social media is just a part of your marketing. So if it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, if it's TikTok that you're marketing on, there's going to be days where they're doing updates and things just don't go as they were planned. And there might be days where the software is out or there's a glitch or you can't schedule posts for some reason or another. And it's very frustrating. But remember that on these social networks, we're just working with borrowed time and on borrowed ground. We don't own these platforms and we cannot make physical changes or technical changes to the software that they give us. Okay. And also we don't pay for it. You guys, we are really just using their, what they've built for free to market ourselves. It is a blessing and a gift. Unless you run ads, so you do pay for that, but you don't have to. You can just do it for free. So when Facebook and Instagram go down in particular, like just remember that we can't control that. It sucks, but it's not our thing to control. We don't own it. We're just borrowing the space from the people and the powers that be at Facebook. So with that in mind, I want you to think bigger. So beyond Facebook and Instagram, what else can you be doing to reach your customers in real life? And I don't say that to like just add tasks to your plate because I don't believe in being everywhere, especially as you're getting started or if you're just getting comfortable with marketing, adopt one thing and get really good at it before you move on to another. But let's say you're already on Facebook. Let's think about a second marketing outreach avenue and something that you feel comfortable with, but it's got like a physical component to it, okay? So it doesn't rely on social media networks to get in front of your audience. 
it's got something that you can reach people where they're at. So I'm talking about like in small towns, maybe that's a flyer in your window. Maybe that is sponsoring a local event that you know is going to be heavily trafficked and your sign is going to be on or is going to be hung up at the event. Um, It might be business cards. It might be newspaper ads. It might be, this isn't physical, but starting an email list or an SMS text list. Those are all ways that you can still reach your real life customers and it doesn't require going through a social media network that might have an outage. Now, if we're talking about email or we're talking about SMS text, you are still connected to somebody's technical software. So you do still run the run the risk of it being down for a certain number of time or a certain amount of time or something. But an email list is really, really smart to have. Like for example, when Facebook went down on Monday, I knew that I had a lot of people who relied on me for their updates about social media changes, but I couldn't do an Instagram story and explain these changes. But I did have an email list. And that email list is where a lot of my clients and my loyal followers are. So I put together a quick email. It was not fancy, but it was just to the point. It says, hey guys, Facebook is down. If you're running into errors, it is not just you. Just give yourself a break, move along, adjust your content calendar, post tomorrow, but there's nothing we can do about it at this time. And I got so many responses to that email, you guys, because everybody thought it was just their issue. They thought it was just them glitching out. They thought it was just their internet connectivity. But then having that email outreach to those people was a really strong asset for my business because it continued to position me as the expert and as the resource in that situation. Now, are you guys all doing service-based businesses? No, you guys, a lot of you are doing product-based businesses, boutiques. You might be direct-to-consumer products or services. So still, even if you're not like educating people about social media, having that email option is something that's super helpful in the event Facebook or Instagram goes down and you are planning to launch your new fall arrivals. You can send an email instead, um, things like that. So having an email or an SMS text option, or if you're in a small town, having a flyer or a local radio ad or using those things from time to time is a great additional tool to have in your marketing toolkit because it diversifies you and it doesn't make you overly reliant on this rented ground that we operate on social media. In addition, it's always good to have some owned ground, if you will, over on the internet. So I'm talking about your website. So I recommend that all small businesses have a website. If you are just like a local business and you are an electrician or a plumber or something, your website doesn't have to be super complex. It can just be like a simple homepage and a contact page, but at least you have space out online where people can Google and find your business, find your contact information and get you booked. Now, if you're a business who has an online boutique or a product-based business, you might want something like a Shopify or a Wix. But having that website is your owned ground. You control what happens on that ground. You can set it up to look the way you want. You're not subject to algorithm changes. You can control what goes and happens on that space. So having a website in addition to a social media is very helpful. You use social media to drive people to your website. You would use social media to get people onto your SMS text list, your onto your email list. And then in the event that social media goes down, they can still get your emails. They still know that you have a website and they can access you in those ways. All right. So 
Let's keep this in mind when we're thinking about when Facebook Fs out on us again. (laughs) It will happen again. Learn to take it in stride. We can't change it. But kind of Facebook-proof your business with some alternative marketing avenues. And these can be in real life steps that you take. And these can also be owning some ground out on the internet, like a website. Okay, let's quit talking shop. Let's talk about fun stuff, like small town homecoming. (laughs) Shifting gears. All right, so back when I was in elementary school, I went to our town's public elementary. Now, in our community, we have one public elementary school, and we have one private elementary school that was a parochial school. And then we have one junior and high school where both schools come together and funnel into. So when I was young, I went to the public elementary school, and we would have homecoming celebrations that kind of got us jazzed and amped up and pumped up to go join that like that bigger school. So our town's mascot is called the Cascade Cougars, and we're blue and gold. And so we were the little cougars over at Cascade Elementary. And granted, the way it's supposed to be, we would do some things during homecoming week. A lot of the majesty and like the memories in my mind of homecoming week were because I got to see the things that the cool high schoolers were doing. And I was like, gosh, someday I'm going to go to that school. And someday I'm going to be able to be in the parade. And someday I'm going to be able to do all the fun things that they're doing. And then like as that little elementary school kid, I was just like, oh man, look at these really awesome, like our cheerleading squad in like earlier years, they used to paint the windows of our downtown businesses and they would put on their like cougar paws and they would use temper paints to like post go or post paint, go fight win on the local business windows. So as you're driving through town, you can see the school pride and you can get excited even though like you even if you don't have a connection to the high school it was easy to see that it was homecoming week and it kind of created a buzz in the community you know and as a youth i saw those painted windows and there was a friday pep rally where like the kids from the high school would come around and they would like the dance team would dance and the cheerleaders would cheer and the football players would come talk and the volleyball players would talk and the cross country team would come talk and the band would play some Um, pep rally songs and it just got you so excited and they're like you coming to the game tonight and we were like yeah and like we had a choice it was all about our parents like were our parents going to drive us maybe I lived in the country so maybe not (laughs) but like you know for those minutes in that gymnasium at my elementary school where like there was a stage at one end and there was the lunch counter behind me and is like a multi-purpose room like, you know, you just felt that like cougar pride and you, it was so much fun. And you'd cheer along with the cheerleaders and the music would play. And then we'd sing like, cougars, cougars, don't be shy. Stand up and give your battle cry. B-I-C-T-O-R-Y. And then we'd go through and we'd do it like grade by grade. And then we'd see who, which grade cheered the loudest. And then we had like, ah, oh, we had so much momentum and like some like real pride about ourselves as we went back to our regular classrooms for the rest of the day. And then that afternoon, we would go like walk down the hill and we'd sit along Main Street and there'd be a parade and we got to see the football team like on the gooseneck trailer and like throwing candy and in their jerseys and yelling at us like we knew they were going to win. And then there'd be like the homecoming court and they'd ride in convertibles and they'd go down the street and it was like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. They're so popular. And (laughs) I remember my aunt was on homecoming court one year. And she uh, stopped her convertible and she got me an extra large candy bar 
And my cousin was in my class and he got an extra large candy bar too. And she handed it to our teacher and she came over and handed it to the two of us like in particular. Everybody else got those like little fruity tooties, you know, but we had good candy bars just because our aunt was on the homecoming court. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I have another funny story about her too, but that's, that's going to be a sec in the chronology. Um, so the parade was always super fun. And then like, I just remember we weren't like super cougar fans. Like my parents, we'd go to football games sometimes, but it wasn't like an every week thing. But I remember like on homecoming night, I'd always like beg them to let me go. And I could either like, they'd either take me and drop me off or like once we moved to town, I could walk. But I remember when, again, my aunt was on the homecoming court and like the homecoming, uh, like in the middle of the JV and the varsity football games, it would always be like a special, what do they call that? The word is escaping me, but it's when like all the candidates come out and they walk out on the track and then they're like, a little blurb is read about each of them, about what they've accomplished so far in their high school career, what they participate in, who their parents are. And then all of a sudden, like the crowd gets quiet and it's like an October Friday night and the, the Friday night lights are on. Like, you know, it's just like chill in the air. And then you just wait as the announcer is like so quiet. And then all of a sudden they announce who the queen is and who the king is. And I remember when my aunt was announced, like, I can't remember how old I was, 10 probably. But they announced her. She won. She was the queen. And I remember like, I was so excited. I might have peed my pants a little bit. But like, it was just such an exciting thing. And that's like one of like the memories that is just solidified in my mind of like the early days of like experiencing what a small town homecoming is. Then as I got a little bit older, I joined like our junior dance team. And one of the big parts of our year was like going around on homecoming Friday and we got to visit all the local schools and do the pep rallies and do a little dance. And we could be part of getting the crowd that I was like a part of last year and watching. I could be an active part in getting them amped up. And we would do our dance and some of our friends would be watching us and it would be so fun because we were out of school for the day and we got to go eat pizza at Happy Joe's for lunch. Um, and it was just like such a fun time from fifth grade to eighth grade being part of that homecoming celebration and the pep rallies. Then when I got to high school years, and I guess it wasn't even, it was when I went over to the high school, which was conjoined with the junior high in seventh and eighth grade. That's when homecoming went from being something I was mostly on the outside of to something that I was like an active person in. So in high school, I was part of our student council and student council planned all the homecoming activities for the week. So Part of our job was to decorate the hallways at school. So each grade level got a different hallway. And on Sunday of homecoming week, you'd come in and you'd like paint signs, hang the signs up. You could bring in some of your own like decorations and hang them from the ceiling. You could pick a theme if you wanted to. Um, we could create our own class floats. So we'd have to like beg one of our parents to drive us. And then we'd have to beg somebody else's parents to use their trailer. And then we'd have to beg somebody else's parents to give us like shop space where we could like house this for the week and work on it and then um, go into the parade. The best one we did was our sophomore year. Our theme was Crazy Game of Poker, which is around the same time that that OAR song Crazy Game of Poker was popular. And so we were like, this will be so fun. So our theme was like spades and clubs and diamonds and hearts. And I don't even remember what the team was that we were playing that night for football, but we were just like, this is a fun theme and we can play this song while we're driving down the street. And we had like a poker table on the trailer and there were guys who were really playing poker on the float. And so we had so much fun. That was a really good, that was a really good class float. 
So as part of student council, we were planning those decorations. We were planning our class float. We got to plan activities on Tuesdays and Thursdays of homecoming week. We would have all school assemblies. And typically on one day, it would be like an obstacle course and we could set up different obstacles that teams could complete and they'd go up head to head against each other. And then almost every other, like almost every year, everybody, like the school would vote or the student council would vote. And we'd talk about like what we wanted the activities to be in almost every year. It was like the obstacle course, which was really funny. And then it was always dodgeball. And I hate dodgeball because I suck at it. But everybody loved it. So when I was a senior, we, <laughs> we had like a campaign to get rid of dodgeball. But I think we might have had to give up the obstacle course. But we got like fear factor. We were able to play that instead. But the all-school assembly was really fun because as a like seventh and eighth grader or ninth grader, you're just new to this and you get to see how competitive people get and how it's like just a change from the norm and everybody's like joyous and having fun for the most part. And then like people are embarrassing themselves, like putting their head on a bat and like going around and around and around. Um, and then they have to like run as fast as they can to the other end of the gym. Other obstacle course ones I really liked, um, they had to search for three different words in the dictionary and they had to show it to the English teacher once they found it. And that would be timed. The other, let's see, what else was there as part of the obstacle course? One year, like they had to fold a paper airplane and they had to get it across like a certain line. Oh gosh, so many good memories. We should have like a small town obstacle course. That'd be really fun. But those all school assemblies were just a good way to like bring everybody together to have some fun. It was just like, if you wanted to participate, you could. If you didn't want to participate, you could get a few laughs. And it was a good time. And then the student council was also in charge of actually planning the homecoming dance for Saturday night. So uh, as a sophomore, I think it was like you could fundraise if you wanted to, to purchase certain things. You had to line up treats and drinks. You had um, to get the DJ and a photographer. And then like from a girl's perspective, like we went homecoming dress shopping. We got our shoes. Like it was all the talk about like are you going tanning? Like, again, this was like the mid 2000s, early 2000s, you guys, when we were still using tanning beds and doing the little Playboy bunny stickers on our hips. Um, so it was like, let's all carpool into tan world and get our 10 minute tan. So we'd carpool into there after like volleyball practice, or in my case, just carpool because I wasn't in volleyball. But it was just a lot of fun. And I think about like how, for the most part, how much innocent fun was involved. Like, obviously, in small towns, like, you know, there's always like the annual TPing of the teachers. And you guys, I'm like, I'm not absolving myself or anything. Like, I just have never TPed in my life. And if anybody's going TPing, please invite me because I would really like to do it sometime. I've been TPed, but I have not done the TPing. And in high school, it seemed like every year there was a group that went TPing. I was never part of it. I would probably have been honestly too scared um, because I would think I would get caught and in big trouble. So I probably wouldn't have done it. But now as an adult, I'm like, you know, harmless fun. So anyway. Um, and then like in my later years of high school, I, I did participate in some underage drinking. And, you know, like we would always have a good old cookout with like at somebody's house before the dance and like some beers were drank and maybe afterwards. But we don't need to go into detail about that, guys. I don't want my kids to know. Anyway, back to homecoming week. 
But the other fun thing that we got to do as part of student council was we got to plan the daily dress-up days. I don't know if other schools did this or not, but every day of homecoming week was a different theme. So it might be like every Friday was like spirit day. So you had to wear your cougar blue and gold. And then the rest of the week, it was different things like pajama day or the wear your favorite jersey day, or there was always like country day slash we called it hick day at the time. And so you would wear like your shit boots or you'd wear like in our day, we wore like flannel shirts and cowboy hats and the FFA, like inevitably they all drove their tractors and parked them in the parking lot. But that was a fun day because everybody participated. Um, But yeah, it was so fun. Like I just love a good theme. Those dress up days were amazing. And it was just really like when I think back on homecoming as a young adult in those teenage years, like there's just a lot of fun surrounding it. And you got to celebrate your friends who are on the athletic teams and you just got to be silly and it's just good fun during the week of high school. And like, honestly, I, I mean, I was a student council person. I was on in cheerleading. And so like, that was my perspective of homecoming. I'm sure there's some other people that don't have as glowing of memories of homecoming as I do. But in my head, like it was just an all around good time. It reminds me a lot of like small town Americana fun. As an adult now, like when I was a teacher, I taught at my high school that I went to, which is a weird thing. But one of my favorite memories of homecoming week during that was like all of us teachers, we got together before and after school like a couple weeks before homecoming, and we taught ourselves how to do the fight song and like all the dance moves that go along with the fight song. And we found up in the school storage attic all the old like cheerleading uniforms and sweaters from like the 60s and 70s. And in the middle of the all-school homecoming pep rally, a group of us teachers came out dressed in cheerleading uniforms and pom-poms, and we did the fight song. And we had kept it a secret, and none of the students knew. And so that was a fun thing. And it kind of spurred on like these surprise teacher um, additions to the pep rally every year. But that was a really fun one and one that a lot of teachers still talk about to this day and have some funny pictures from it. It was a really good time. Um, And now my kids are kind of coming up and experiencing homecoming this year. They really got into it because now they're going to the public elementary school and they got to do the dress up days and they got to attend or the pep rally came to them and they got to go to the parade. And we went to the homecoming football game. So just like I remembered being a kid, like we went up to that football field at the top of the hill. The Friday night lights were on. Um, It was like the band was playing. The concession stand line was long. The little kids were playing their own games of football over in the grassy area. The hill that that the football field is on, it was like damp and dewy. And so I fell down like trying to walk along the side hill. And so did a bunch of other people. But it was really like, just a lot of fun and seeing now my kids come up and I'm hoping that they'll have some of the same memories and they're creating some of the same experiences that I had and enjoying small town homecoming as much as I did. Okay, last part, I did put out an all call over on Instagram asking you guys what memories you had of your own small town homecomings. So let's see what you guys had to say. Okay. One person on Instagram commented, they said, all of the class reunions in my hometown take place during homecoming. That's a really good idea. And is that the original intention of homecoming? Like it's called homecoming because people are supposed to come back home and like visit the school again? I really never thought about that. That's a really good idea. And I think 
my class, I've been graduated now for like 15 years, and I think we've only had one class reunion in that time. So it would maybe be fun to have one again. Um, here in Cascade, like some, I would say a majority of the class reunions happen during the summer months. And like, especially now that we have like a local community celebration every August, a lot of the class reunions have happened during that hometown day celebration. But homecoming weekend, that's a good idea too. All right, let me check, see if we have any other additions. Oh, here we go. Somebody was talking about country day and driving their tractor to school. Glad to see it's not just at my school. <laughs> um, another person says decorating the hallways and parade floats. Yes, it was, that is so much fun. And I, something that I think kind of fell out of style in recent years, I haven't seen as many like class floats. Um, and admittedly, like my friends and I, we talked, you know, I talked about when like we were younger and the storefront windows would be painted cougar gold and blue. Um, when we were in high school, we were the cheerleaders who were in charge of decorating those windows. And I think it was my junior year. We made a mess. <laughs> like we got paint everywhere because we were trying to have like a real vibe to the windows. We were doing like splatter paint when splatter paint was cool. But the business owners did not like that as much, even though the paint was washable, you guys. But then that was the last year we could paint windows for a long, long time. And that tradition has not kicked back off again. So if you're a Cascade High School student listening to this, please resume that tradition because it was really cool. It was really fun. Um, but don't make a mess and ruin it. Uh, but yeah, like the decorating of the parade floats, we don't see that as much anymore either, though there were more classes this year that had one than there have been in years past. But they weren't themed. I will give them that. A themed float can go really far. And just come up. It doesn't even have to like correspond with the other opposing team that you're going up against. It can just be like a nice theme that ties everything together. And that really carries your float. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This was kind of a hodgepodge of ideas. Um, but I hope you enjoyed walking down memory lane with me as we talked about small town homecoming celebrations. Um, share with me in the comments over on Small Minded Podcast on Instagram and Facebook about your own community's homecoming celebrations. I'd love to see what your traditions were and what memories you have of your own homecoming. And then, yeah, thanks for allowing me to go on a tangent about Facebook and marketing best practices at the beginning of that, this Tuesday too for episode. Next week, I promise I'm going to bring you that interview that I was really excited to share because this person is just a gem. She is so inspirational, self-motivated, has so many cool creative ideas and I just can't wait to share her with you enough. So check back next week. It's going to be a great episode with one of my good friends. And thank you so much for being here. Bye, y'all. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one, take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived, being small-minded. <laughs>